Ready, uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Be careful what you wish for. We started getting some visitors from every universe. The multiverse is real? Looks like we got competition. Parker. I am so confused right now. Parker, we need to send them back. You're thinking, hey, I'm about to do something that could break the universe. Run it by us next time. Deal. Let's catch some multiverse men. Peter, you're struggling. Look, there has to be another way. They're a danger to our universe. Have everything you want. While the world tries to make you choose. Is that a dinosaur? I'll fix this, but I'm gonna need some help. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. away from me do you know a peter parker who's spider-man yes is that him no this is all my fault i can't save everyone my fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen and on this episode of planet eight we're going to take a deep dive join your intrepid crew we all went out and saw Spider-Man No Way Home, the latest in the Spider-Man franchise. Uh, straight away, let's kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. Bob, enlighten us, will you please? Enlighten you, I will. You know, it's funny because I always say that Spider-Man is my favorite, like, Western superhero or favorite American superhero. And so... <laughs> It was really cool seeing him in this type of movie. It's like, oh, here he is, you know, in all his glory, in all their glory, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it kind of was a long road getting to it, even though we've had a Spider-Man movie every two years so far, because we had what well, we had uh, Homecoming in 2016, 
Mm-hmm. Or no, 2017. Yeah. And then Far From Home in 2019, and then No Way Home in 2021. Even with the pandemic and all derailing schedules, but basically, if we go back to when they were shooting the first two films, they were planning the third one, but they were planning it to be a Craven story. Mm. Which, you know, as much as I love this movie, I think it would be really interesting to see what they would have done with Craven. But in the midst of all that, corporations got involved and Sony and uh, Disney had a little dispute going because the original contract, which was coming up for renewal, had... Disney only making like 5% of the profits. And uh, Sony made like 95% of the profits, though though Sony was putting out most of the money for the budget. So, you know, you can't deny Disney. You can't deny the mouse his money. So (laughs) they got in a big dispute. And uh, finally, Disney and Marvel like walked away from the table. And that was it. Spider-Man was going to go back to Sony. Anyways, maybe then, maybe then we would have gotten the Craven movie. Yeah, but there would be a lot of things they'd lose, though, right, right. from the MCU. Right. But our hero, Tom Holland, saved the day. He went in and he spoke to Bob Iger over at Disney, and he spoke to uh, the head of Sony, and uh, got them back at the table. And they ended up compromising, where I believe uh, Disney got twenty five percent, but they also put. 25% of the budget into it. So it was saved and we have another Spider-Man. And uh, in that time, at the end of Far From Home, you of course had Mysterio telling everyone that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. So he couldn't really go back to a simple Craven story for the next movie. You had to address his identity being released to the world. Mm -hmm. And so the original idea was sort of a a miracle on 34th street. They were, uh, they were basically influenced by that and they were going to have some way that he could make a wish that would go wrong. But since they're back into the MCU, if you want to make a wish, why not go to a sorcerer? And that brought (laughs) Dr. Strange into the picture. And so, uh, Peter was able to go to him to make his wish. Um, however, at the time, Spider-Man Far From or No Way Home was supposed to be coming out after Doctor Strange and his uh, multiverse film. So basically, in this movie, Doctor Strange would already have infinite knowledge of the multiverse. But due to COVID and schedule changes... Spider-Man came out before Doctor Strange. So they had to go back and do a rewrite and reshoot some scenes so that Doctor Mm -hmm. Strange had no idea what he was getting into with the whole multiverse thing. He didn't know what was going on with it yet. And, uh, and of course, at the very end, spoiler, you had the, quote, Doctor Strange trailer where he approaches Wanda and all that. But, um, yeah, originally it was supposed to be swapped but it was not. So we ended up getting No Way Home, which I thought was a great film. 
And I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll get into all the intricate details. Yeah, indeed. There, there was, I mean, after every Marvel film or TV show, I think, since the last Spider-Man film, everyone was speculating, oh, Memphisto is going to help the Scarlet Witch or go against the Scarlet Oh, Memphisto is, you know, going to bugger up Hawkeye's whatever. Memphisto, Memphisto. And, you know, a lot of those fans were thinking Memphisto is going to come in and like he did in the comic book, right? That's how Peter was able to make everyone forget that he was Spider-Man. Memphisto got involved. That didn't happen, like Bob said. Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, but that also involved. totally reset his life, right? So, yeah, because he, yeah. he he was married to Mary Jane, and they had a child, and everything, and all of that was forgotten, right? Yeah, that was the main reason Marvel did it too, because they felt constricted by having Spider-Man be married. So <laughs> it was like, oh, well, we'll just have him do a deal with the devil. Yeah, that was a great idea. You know, that was the book that I, I dropped reading comics on a regular basis. So pissed. Yeah, well, like I say, I, I dropped it back during the Clone Wars. So, yeah. The Clone Saga. Clone Saga. So. Well, let's kick it over to the satellite. Uh, Karen, um, will you also enlighten us uh, on this film? Yeah, sure. So, you know, just do a little brief synopsis about what went on in the movie. And so this is the big spoiler alert for those of you who have not had a chance to see the film yet. Here's your warning. Don't listen any further. Go out. Come back. Spoilers coming. Go see the movie, then come back and listen to the podcast so you can, you know, see what we're talking about and then you know, share your ideas on Twitter, Facebook, the site, wherever. Um, so, you know, I think we've already said, you know, Bob said it's a great film. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I will talk about this further. I didn't necessarily think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. And I'm pretty sure Larry really loved it as well. Um, as was already mentioned, the film starts out right where Far From Home ended with uh, this reveal from uh, footage from Mysterio saying, hey, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And so this throws Peter's life into a whirlwind with, you know, him being investigated by the authorities, him being hassled by various people. And it also screws up the lives of, you know, his friends around him. Uh, And one big thing that goes wrong for them is that their college applications to MIT get rejected because of the controversy. And so, you know, all these things are happening. You know, he and Aunt May have to move. Uh, they move into Happy Hogan's place for a while. And so Peter is just feeling really terrible about all this stuff that's caused by his identity being revealed. And he decides to go to the one person that he thinks can fix everything, which is Dr. Strange. And this is where everything starts to really, really go bad um, because he asked Dr. Strange to cast this spell, as it's been mentioned, to make everybody forget that his secret identity is Peter Parker. And what happens is uh, as Dr. Strange decides, starts casting the spell for him, he starts interrupting him during the spell casting and saying, oh, well, I want Aunt May to remember and oh, I want MJ to remember. And, and basically it screws up the spell. And a little bit later, we discover that 
what happened is it's allowed um, people who know that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are one and the same to start coming through from other places, from the multiverse. And we find this out because, surprise, Dr. Octopus from the original Spider-Man series shows up and attacks him. Uh, and then we also see um, Norman Osborn show up. And so these villains from both the um, Tobey Maguire series and the Andrew Garfield series show up. And um, so Spidey and Doctor Strange cook up this plan to capture the villains and hold them in a, a basement under uh, Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. And, you know, Spidey works with the help of MJ and Ned, and they actually capture the villains. But then Spider-Man learns that... Um, all these villains, if they're sent back, are going to be sent back basically to die. That's their fate, that they die battling Spider-Man. And uh, Peter, being the good-hearted person he is, can't allow this to happen. He winds up getting into a fight with uh, Doctor Strange. And uh, this is another really, I'm sure we'll talk about this in more detail, but uh, they uh, go into a uh, I don't know what, it's one of those mystical realms that looks like Inception, basically. It's a <laughs> and, uh, Spidey winds up uh, trapping Doctor Strange in there, and then um, essentially he tries to help cure the, the villains. They've all got issues and things that are essentially causing them to be villainous, and he's encouraged in this by Aunt May. Unfortunately, though, Aunt May is killed when um, Green Goblin turns on them, uh, this, you know, is a huge blow to Peter, and uh, he's, you know, deep, deep in, uh, you know, grief. Uh, Ned and uh, MJ try to find Peter. Turns out Ned can use Doctor Strange's uh, ring to open portals. He opens a portal to try to bring our Peter through, and he winds up bringing in, surprise, surprise, uh, Andrew Garfield, and then... Toby Maguire. And of course, this was the, the highlight of the film, I think, for everybody. Um, all of them go, they find uh, our Peter, Tom Holland. Uh, the three Spider-Men team up together. Um, they basically lure out the villains at the Statue of Liberty. A battle ensues, and um, they find a way to cure the different villains and send them back cured. But unfortunately, the rift is open to the multiverse. And uh, Doctor Strange, they bring Doctor Strange through. He's trying to fix it. He can't. And Peter basically offers himself up as a sacrifice. He tells Doctor Strange to just make everybody forget about Peter Parker. And he does that. And uh, it allows the... Uh, the rips in, in the multiverse to uh, close, but of course it leaves him terribly alone. And uh, he winds up at the end, he, uh, he goes and he sees Ned and MJ at her place of work at the donut shop. And uh, he had told her he would find her again and make her, you know, recognize him. But he, uh, I think he realizes that he would just put her in danger all over again. And so he'll, just uh, allows her to be. And then we see him at the end. He's made his own homemade Spider-Man suit and he's living in a little dinky apartment and he uh, 
heads off to go fight crime. And that's kind of where he's at at the end of the film. He's definitely back down to earth as a neighborhood Spider-Man. Indeed. What do you think, guys? Did I leave anything out? Oh, plenty, and we'll go into all of it. <laughs> all right. Well, I really liked it. I, I tell you guys, I, I think I had mentioned to you before I went to see the film, I was a little worried that this was going to be too big. And, you know, I talk about the overstuffed burrito um, where there's too much in there to really taste anything. And that was my, my fear with this, that they this was, you know, Spidey's endgame film. But, boy, they, they really handled this well. I mean, everybody got their turn in the spotlight. Um, they really turned this into – this is sort of this Spider-Man's origin story in that he really – this is where he really becomes a hero. You know, before he was kind of Spider-Boy. You know, he was running around doing all this stuff. and But this is where he learns sort of the – I don't want to say he learns the cost because he's, you know, he went across the universe and did all this other stuff, but losing Aunt May was huge. And sort of the lessons that, you know, where he had to decide what he was going to do with these villains, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big turning point for this guy. Well, yeah, I think, I you know, Aunt May in the MCU is basically Ben Parker to or Uncle Ben to the other right. two Spider-Men. And so, yeah, he had to have that loss. And, of course, she threw the line at him, you know, with great power must also come great responsibility. And I think, you know, that really was his turning point, as it was for the other two. But for the other two, it happened, like, right at the beginning of their careers. Mm-hmm. They didn't get to go to space and, <laughs> you know, fight Thanos and everything else before learning, you know, their responsibilities. But, you know, he basically, at that point, that was his turning point. And I think it was really cool the way they handled all three Spider-Men or all three Peter Parkers because they could have brought them through and they said, wait, you can't interact with anyone here, so you have to stay in the apartment or bring him back and say, oh, this was a mistake and throw him back again, you know. So it was right. like a cheap cameo. They had a, they both had big meaty roles mm -hmm. in the second half of the film. And uh, just to see the three of them fighting together and even just to see the three of them in the lab together, mm -hmm. you know, as three Peter Parkers and uh, trying to solve all the other villains' inflictions. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, and plus even their interaction when they have like brief periods on the Statue of Liberty where they talk about, you know, things they've done or th even Peter, well, I don't know, I can say Peter Parker, but then it's like, well, which one? But <laughs> the Holland Parker, when he admits that, you know, he's been a part of a team before and the other two haven't, they've been independent. Yeah, I think he's in a band or something because they have no idea what the Avengers is. But, the Avengers? Uh, That's great. What are the Avengers? <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was all handled quite well. And even the tie-ins to, uh, to Hawkeye. Because yeah. when they're fighting on the Statue of Liberty, it's Statue of Liberty's holding 
Steve Rogers Shield, as in Hawkeye. And then right. also when he and Mary Jane are swinging through the city, they have Rogers the Musical sign down there mm-hmm. from right. Hawkeye. So I think that was maybe the most direct correlation between the movie universe and the TV universe that we've seen so far. These like direct connections. I agree with you. I, I mean, I know the cracking in the multiverse kind of resembled what was going on in the last episode of Loki, but that wasn't magic that per se, that was more them taking on King. Um, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think the movie was great. Um, I enjoyed them questioning um, what kind of webbing Toby has and where it comes from and <laughs> how many different places does it come out of? <laughs> um, you know, what kind of struck me, though, uh, Lieutenant Jasmine and I were fortunate enough to see this film twice and, and we will go again. I mean, we'll see it a third, fourth and fifth time. Um, whether it was a conscious effort on Sony's part to kind of remove this Spider-Man from the MCU as much as they could, because prior to May and, and, and Aunt May dying in this one was was huge. I mean, it it felt like I was getting gutted. And when she said those words with great power come comes, you know, responsibility, uh, I, I knew that's when May was going to fall. You know, she's going to pass away. Don't say it. Don't point, say it. <laughs> up to that point, he really, uh, you know, had this um, relationship with, with Tony Stark. And I know there were a lot of fans that were upset with, you know, replacing Uncle Ben with with Tony mm-hmm. Stark. Or, I didn't like it. Um, and, 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 you know, he jumped around between the Avengers movies and back to his movie. But it's almost like Sony made a conscious decision. And, and Bob, we had talked about this before the podcast. Uh, you know, folks are seeing in the rift at the end of the film, the multiverse, different villains from from Peter's menagerie. And, you know, it was I think Bob said Craven and, um, it, you know, some of the other villains. Well, Karen had like the whole uh, list, right? Like was Craven, like Craven and- Black Cat, Scorpion and Rhino. Yeah, the, the the silhouettes. They're um they're setting Peter up for, you know, potentially his own adventures. No more Mr. Stark. I mean, even Happy didn't recognize him at the end of the film. So it, you know, everybody forgot Peter, but is Spider Man still gonna be an Avenger? I, I, I don't know where the MCU is going as far as the Avengers, you know, whether they'll utilize Spider-Man or not. But I, I think they're setting because the rumor is he's going to get another three films, right? Tom Hall. But then it's like another three films. And then he also has X amount of cameos in like other films. So I assume he's still going to be an Avenger because they'll remember who Spider-Man is. They just won't remember that he's Peter Parker. Yeah. Who Peter Parker is. I mean, everybody so still I, remembers that there's a Spider-Man and that he, you know, even well, though he's got his cool original suit now. This is the <laughs> thing. This the spell is kind of wonky, right? Because there's a lot of questions around it. Like, people don't remember that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. But, you know, there's a lot of folks like the Avengers who worked with him who, you know, saw him without his mask and knew his name. So is that part of their memory 
just vague or wiped out or what? And then what about like there's, you know, images like the Mysterio footage? Is that wiped out? Or if people look at it, do they just instantly forget it? Or so like how does that work? Or they say who's Peter Parker? Spell. The, the new spell is everybody doesn't it, – it's not that they forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It's they forget Peter Parker. So and I was reading this article. They were talking to the writers of the film, and they're like, well, does that mean the IRS doesn't know who Peter Parker is? He doesn't have to pay taxes anymore? Does that mean that you know his yearbook, people won't remember going to high school? And the writers were very frank, and they're like, well – Look, we had a specific uh, point that we wanted to uh, bring across, and that was for people to forget Peter. And we figure whoever writes the next movie can deal with, you know, all those questions. <laughs> they'll get hired back and they'll go, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so, well, no, I mean, it does, set, it does set him up to be, you know, the Spider-Man we all grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, living in a dirty apartment, you know, trying to pay his rent, doesn't have a job. You know, he'll probably end up working for the Daily Bugle yep. in whatever form it <laughs> whatever whatever form it is now. If it's in you know James Jonah Jameson's black back room or something, but well, um, he's sending him digital photos of Spider Man. Yeah, you know? let me let me, <laughs> let, let me ask you guys this. So, uh, and I know you're not wizards, but what? the way that spell the way that the spell worked will the guardians of the galaxy who are off world forget peter Mm. you know because i i believe what what dr strange did was everyone in the multiverse forgets peter parker not just earth prime or you know whatever earth that is in the multiverse it was all the multiverses forgot Peter. That's that that's very powerful. I mean, everyone, everywhere in all the universes, basically. That's what shut the rift, right? Wow. That they all forgot. I guess I, so. I, I don't know. I'm, what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to admit, Peter Parker in the MCU was pretty loose about his identity. I mean, there was a lot of people that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, even like, you know, in what was it, Far From Home, and uh, Nick Fury says, you don't have to wear your mask, we all know who you are. Yeah. You know, in that one scene. He took his mask off way too much, but I know they want to show Tom Holland's face, so. (laughs) Well, they want to show all the actors' faces, right? Yeah. They all... You know, but that that's one of the things that I'm wondering. So what what sealed the, the rift to the multiverses? Everybody forgetting about Peter? Well, right. Well, Why weren't they still trying to? I don't know. You know, thinking about those villains, too. I mean, on one hand, I I loved seeing like Alfred Molina back as Dr. Octopus. He's so good. And, and also Willem Dafoe, you know, just so, so good. But I sort of felt like. So these were not really our Tom Holland Spider-Man's villains. All the villains were sort of like just guys dropped in that he had no emotional connection to. He didn't know anything about them. And it was sort of like, oh, man, we're taking off the table Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Electro, the Lizard, and Sandman as real continuing villains or future villains for Spider-Man, you know, going down 
the line in this series. So who else is left? He's already fought Vulture and Mephisto. So there's Craven is the obvious big one. Maybe Scorpion. Well, I mean, that's that's the beauty of Spider-Man is his rogues gallery is rival to none save maybe Batman. Yeah. So he's got a lot of uh, a lot of villains they can pick off of. It's the big ones are taken. But then yeah, again, the, you, you, know, could, you could have someone become Hobgoblin and take the place well, of the Green Goblin. Yeah, I mean, they, they floated. A, I, I hope that Ned, uh, that Strange, Dr. Strange actually goes back to Ned and says, Hey, Ned, you really know how to handle uh, magic. Let's, uh, let's take you up to some training. But, you know, who knows? You want him to become a villain? No, I want him to become a, a sorcerer uh, under Doctor Stranger's tutelage. Oh. His Lola told him he's got the shinnin. And sure enough, he got that sling ring and he was like, Shh. and you know, the cape grabbed him and floated him down. So I'm like, <laughs> Ned the sorcerer. Yeah, but see, you know, Doctor Strange is no longer the final word, right? They'd have to pass that by Wong. Wong is now the sorcerer supreme. That's right. Wong is going to be pissed. When she gets back. <laughs> Wong won't remember. Yeah, he won't remember who Peter Parker is, so he's he's got no idea what happened. I'm so mad you made me forget. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> well, then who who would be the only one to remember Peter Parker? Maybe the Watcher? The Watcher, yeah. yeah. those kind of entities. I mean, that, you know. yeah. Cosmic entities, I'm sure, are immune. Well, will Thor remember him? Because Thor's not on. No, now uh, Thor's a you know a, a drunken you know blob, so he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he looks Thor's pretty fit in the drunken. pictures and stuff from the new movie. So. Well, that's true. I think he's been that's working true. out again. Um. Yeah, as far as the rogues moving forward, I mean. It's a foregone conclusion he's going to fight a form or version of Venom, which I am deeply... Uh, that's probably one of the biggest well, letdowns of this film. You know, I heard that the writers said that originally in that final fight, they had planned to have Venom show up in that Statue of Liberty fight, but they said it just got too crowded and it was just too much, so they just decided to shove him to the side, um, mm -hmm. which I think was probably the right idea, because even in that fight, I sort of felt like Sandman and Lizard, like, what are they doing here? <laughs> sort of like, who cares, right? You know, the Dr. Octopus, uh, uh the Goblin, and even Electro was, was interesting, which they did a good job of making me actually care about Electro, because... He was such a crap villain in yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have his mask, but when he got all, you know, energized and stuff, he had the sparks coming off his face like the mask, so that yeah. was cool. Uh, cool. Uh, I, I kind of, I'm still disappointed with the lizard. I still want the yeah. longer snout. <laughs> Let him wear a lab coat more. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, William Defoe though, was so good. I mean... In the original movie, he had the helmet that looked like, you know, the Jet Jaguar painted yep. green. And then it was like, no, he shouldn't have a, have a helmet. He should have a mask. And 
here he comes in just with his face and he's able to contort it to the point where it's just so creepy and definitely the Green Goblin. I mean, his face becomes that mask that, well, we're, that we're all, you know. You, you got to. Willem Dafoe in the movie as the Green Goblin. I mean, you his face, the guy is super weird and creepy anyway, right? Why are you <laughs> going to put a mask that doesn't even move over his face, you know? But I mean, I thought he was like a highlight of the movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, just, you sure. know, they could have just had a film with, you know, Tom Holland fighting that Green Goblin. Well, mm-hmm. let me ask you, I'm going to steal your phrase, Larry, for a second. Let me ask you this. When do you think Norman, do you think Norman at, at any point, like when he was with Aunt May in the, the soup kitchen or, or later, like was he at some point Norman or do you think he was always cuckoo and he was pretending to be Norman? Well, both. Because he so was... He was, he was Norman, Norman, but he was cuckoo. Because the but Green Goblin kept was... like talking to him. He'd hear the mask was talking to him, and you know, eventually, you was, Green was Goblin took over. Peter the, was he playing Peter the whole time, or was he genuine up to a point, and then Goblin took over? I, I felt. Uh, and, you know, it's open to whoever's interpretation. But I felt that he did have the split personality thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was in the alley and he left the mask on the thing and he was stumbling, no one was there watching him. You know, when he stumbled That's into the soup point. kitchen, he didn't know May, you know, was was Parker's Aunt May. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think he, he was it was a split personality. Well, he even had that in the Tobey Maguire film because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he yeah. looks into the mirror and he's talking to himself and, you know, the one out of the mirror is Norman, but the one in the mirror is the goblin. And, you know, yeah. so he still had that split going on. I was just I, I when I, after I saw it, I was just trying to roll my thoughts back and figure out, like, did the, did the switch flip to goblin like before they got to happy's apartment or was he honestly trying to work on a cure or was he just conniving that whole time i think of them as like gollum you know even though smeagol and gollum you know one is in control but the other one is always there in the background Mm. absorbing everything that's how i took it that's a good Um, take on it so thank you. Yeah, I mean, I but, think uh, he he started out with good intentions of helping Peter, but then I think as the goblins saw what he was doing and the potential, he, that's when he stepped up and took over. Well, you know, and especially on a personal note, over the holidays, you know, we had celery sticks and carrots, but. Those cookies, my goblin came out, and those cookies are mine. <laughs> I want I don't cookies, want carrots. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know, then you also have Doctor Octopus. Doc Ock had his own. It wasn't really a split personality, but it was another entity yeah. taking over and controlling yeah. him. Um, I, I really like uh, Alfred Molina's portrayal of Doc Ock from the original. Spider-Man Two and and in this, uh, it was it was really great. And as a matter of fact, I, you know, I I tried to avoid the, the internet as much as possible. So 
Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire showing up really was a huge surprise for me. Um, I, I know that they'd interview and, oh, you know, I'm not going to be in it. No, no. So I'm like, oh, you know, why would they bring them back? You know, especially Andrew Garfield. He stunk as Spider-Man. Who's going to want to see him in this? <laughs> I, hey, those yes. are the only Spider-Man films that I don't own on on Blu-ray. I, I thought the stories were poor, but I, I liked Andrew Garfield in the role. Well, let, let me just say, so I, I thought based on the trailers that Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, because they were making fun. What is your name again? Octavius. <laughs> I thought he was going to like, you know, become a, a good guy in, in the, which he kind of did, you know, at, at the end of the film. But I had no, and I, I will say this about Andrew Garfield, because I've seen him in other movies. He's a good actor. I will go and buy those Blu-rays after his performance <laughs> in the film. He brought his, a game. I mean, what he's telling Peter, look, I lost the, you know, my MJ or, you know, uh, Gwen, my MJ. And, and after that, I, I stopped holding my, my punches and I, I don't want you to go down that, that road. And it was like, Oh my God, you know, that's cause yeah, he did try to save her and snap, you know? Uh, and then when he saves this Peter, Tom Holland's MJ, I was just like, what a guy, you know, yeah. and showing that he's Spider-Man in, in the Lola's apartment and cleaning the cobwebs out of the corner <laughs> for her. And, you know, uh, I, I thought he did a wonderful job uh, in this role. And, um, yeah, I, I will go back and, and rewatch those movies. Um, I, we watched the Toby uh, Spider-Man and we saw Tom Holland's first two. So we will go back and watch Andrews probably before we see. Uh, this movie again in theaters. Well, I think yeah, I think Andrew Garfield really, he and William Defoe shined in this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, agreed, agreed. <clears throat> there was even rumors now that uh, you know Tom Holland will stay in the MCU and Sony will make some Andrew Garfield Spider Mans. They'll continue his story. And uh, yeah, I, I thought Tobey Maguire did good. There's a couple scenes where. His Peter Parker really came out, you know, and it's like you looked at him. It's just his mannerisms and his facial expressions. And it's like there's a couple scenes where you say, yeah, that that's Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, like I say, the interaction between the three of them when they're in the lab, you know, was great. And uh, yeah, I, I. Andrew Garfield, yeah, I got a whole new respect for him. Not that I didn't like his movies. You know, I enjoyed his films. But I kind of have a whole new respect for him as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was not surprised they were in the movie because I kept, you know, seeing so much stuff. I was just surprised how much they were in the movie, you know. And I thought that was really great that they worked that out. And I know... You know, watching uh, some interviews and stuff after the film, you know, that they went to to Toby and kind of said, well, you know, would you be interested? And he was interested. And then they went to Andrew and then they kind of solicited their ideas. And uh, it's interesting. They both wanted to keep it a little bit vague about what happened to their Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. And you wonder if that's because they 
maybe they have hopes of, <laughs> I don't know, having a movie or having a more prominent role in future movies, but, you know, they, they wanted to keep it a little bit vague, and it's like, okay, that's interesting. But it was nice, the dynamic the three of them had, and I know, I think it was Andrew Garfield said that it was almost like they were, you know, brothers with Toby being the oldest brother, him being like the middle brother, and then Tom being the 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 little brother, you know, and that they wanted to help their little brother who was going through a bad time. Right. You know? Yeah, I had heard all the rumors that they were going to be in it. And, of course, they're denying all the rumors. But I never really read any spoilers confirming it. Nor did I want to. Yeah. I was like you, Bob. I, I avoided everything on this movie like the plague. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, going into the film, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, they could be in there, but maybe they aren't. I don't know. I never saw yeah. pictures or confirmations. And then when uh, – and it, it was a perfect setup because they're like, you know, Peter, Peter, come come here. Come here. Come through the portal. And you can't really tell from that far shot that it's Garfield. You think maybe it's Holland. And when he comes jumping through, you're like, oh, man. Well, if he comes jumping through, then he takes his mask off. And it's like, oh, they really did it. Right. And then yeah. you're, you're so – they spend so much time with him go up cleaning the cobwebs and what have you <laughs> that you totally forget about Tobey Maguire until they're, okay, we got to find Peter. And they see, quote, Peter in the other portal. And he comes through. I'm like, oh, man, they really did it. Yeah, you know, they. That was when. That was when I finally realized that. Oh, yeah, they really pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this: Do they? Do you think it would have worked if one of the two declined to come back and reprise their role, Ooh. or did it need to be both of them for it to work? I think it needed both. I think it would have felt incomplete. Yeah, and they still needed Nicholas Hammond in there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and who's who's the guy who plays Spider-Man on, on the Electric Company? Bring him in too. But, <laughs> wow! But no, I thought I thought the three of them that was perfect. I mean, you, if you're going to bring back all those villains, you got to bring back the Spider-Man that fought them, right? Yeah. True. Yeah, I know when when they uh, showed it was Andrew Garfield, the audience I was with just went nuts. And that was really, you know, really satisfying. Yeah, my audience was pretty quiet. I don't know, a bunch of duds. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, compare that moment to Captain America catching Mjolnir. Ah, well, no. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's like the ultimate. That's like an 11 yeah. on the dial. This dial goes to 11, and that's, you know, Cap with the hammer. I think that the Garfield was like a seven or eight, but it was still like the whole audience kind of like ah, freaking out, you know. And then the second biggest applause, I think, maybe even bigger than that was when he caught MJ. I think that might have been the loudest applause when for the audience I was with. Did the audience have any reaction whatsoever to Matt Murdock and his catching yeah. of the brick? A little. A little bit? Oh, okay. That was, yeah. I think that was the highlight for me. Just seeing Matt Murdock in there. And not just that, but to see Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock in there. So now we've got that connection. Right. And that was another thing that I had no idea was coming. Didn't didn't know, you know, 
And what? Because here's the thing too. There were so many memes that would come out, and I, I would look at those where it's like, you know, here's the new poster for Spider Man, and like Godzilla's in there with the Green Goblin, and you know, <laughs> Willy Wonka, and you know, it's like, yeah, everyone's in this film. So, well, we even uh, joked about that on the podcast. We'd be talking about somebody and go, oh yeah, he's in the new Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we joked around about that. So. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised. And, uh, you know, like I was telling you guys before we started recording, uh, you know, Jasmine, we went to go see this down in San Diego. We were visiting family and um, she's, you know, everyone's like clapping. I just about jump out of my seat and she's like, who's that? And I'm like, that's Matt Murdock. She's like, who? I'm like, watch the movie. I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Debbie and I went, we got through maybe the first, season and a half of daredevil mm-hmm. i mean i've seen all three but i mean she was re-watching with me and she got through about the first but anyway so she knew who he was anyway especially when he showed up there i was just like the audience was pretty quiet so i just like put the thumb up and pointed at him and oh i clapped my ass off and some people were looking at me but i, I didn't care i you know i do this at all <laughs> He really likes that guy sitting at the table there. What the heck? <laughs> well, when he caught the brick, too, they knew something was going on. It's like, well, how'd you do that? Well, I'm a really good lawyer. It's like, oh. <laughs> what about, uh, we haven't talked a, a ton about Doctor Strange yet. Right. Uh, he's he's obviously in a weird place because he's no longer Sorcerer Supreme. And this is the first time we find out about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have to wonder if, you know, I mean, that's the guy has a huge ego. Obviously, it's a blow to his ego, which might be why he risks doing a spell like this uh, and F's it up pretty badly. Um, and then, uh, you know, that that's one thing. Uh, and then another thing I, I really enjoyed was uh, his his fight with Spidey from beginning to end and that one of the, the coolest things was when Spidey was going after the the spell cube whatever it was and Strange does the trick of knocking his astral form out but Spider-Man's spider sense is still working so he's trying to grab the box from him and Spider-Man's body is still like moving it <laughs> away he's like how are you doing that and he manages to go back into his body. He manages to move his astral form back into his body. I, I, I thought that was just incredibly cool. I mean, it, it was definitely cool. And unlike in the comics, you know, Spider-Man can usually step up and hold his own against just about anyone, even though they are stronger or have more power or magic or whatever. You know, he's able to kind of figure things out and and at least hold his own for a while. Yeah. So it was good to see him, you know, being able to hold his own against Doctor Strange. Although Doctor Strange in this movie almost seemed kind of like a bungler. Yeah. You know, it's like didn't quite get the spell right. Didn't quite, you know, trying to do this and that. Couldn't defeat Spider-Man. And, you know, he, he stepped up obviously at the end. But, you know, uh, did they ever mention exactly what it was? That demoted him and made Wong the Sorcerer Supreme? He was five. for five years. Yeah. Uh, okay. So by default, Wong got it. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot I forgot Doctor Strange was part of the blip. Yeah. 
he, he was ashes. He was ashes. They all but you think when him. he came back that Wong would say, oh, here you go. <laughs> Wong's like, ah, no, you lost. That's it. Well, here, here's the thing, and I, I would be interested, even as a Disney Plus series, um, I'd like to see the five years of Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme. I, I was delighted to see him in Shang-Chi, uh, you know, in, in the battling pit, you know, with the abomination. That's a story that still needs to be, you know, expounded right. upon. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, um, be interesting. Well, it's also interesting to think, like, how how many years did Stephen Strange actually, actually have as a Sorcerer Supreme mm-hmm. compared to... All right. Wong had five years plus however many was it, two or three years past right. Endgame now. So he's probably had seven or eight years as a Sorcerer Supreme. Is right. that longer than Stephen Strange? Well, and it's a, yeah, it's a good point. In in the What If episode with, with Doctor Strange and, and he's trying to, you know, he's battling all of those creatures and absorbing their energy and stuff. He did that for what, 50 years, a thousand years? I don't know, but, you know, over, over that span of time, even though he was in that, you know, spell, what kind of skill set or knowledge do you, you know, develop? Same with the Scarlet Witch, I guess, when she was at the end of her WandaVision, she's sitting there and doing, you know, her thing. I, I don't know. It's but see, also, to... Stephen Strange went through all the uh, tutelage with the Ancient One. He did. He had all the training and all that. Did Wong, you know, when when he disappeared, did the Ancient One come and train Wong, or did he just take over and he's figuring it out as he goes? Well, and Wong, you know, he's, he's been doing this a lot longer than Stephen Strange, also. So I, I yeah, I, good good questions. I don't know. Let let's get that Wong series on Disney Plus. <laughs> well, I mean, that might even play in the next Doctor Strange movie. Who knows? Yeah. Potentially, because um, what it was at the end of Shang Chi too. He brings them together, so we have to assume he's an Avenger. Wong's an Avenger because you know he's he's got the Avengers assembled for this cosmic you know whatever conundrum. Um, one of the things that really touched me, and, and you know we can discuss and see what you guys think is you know when Peter loses his Aunt May, his rock, his you know. Um, the other Spider-Man asked, well, where would he go if, you know, he, he was distraught and they, oh, and they take him up to the, to the rooftop and Ned and MJ don't say anything. They just go on either side. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> they go on either side of Peter and they, they just hug him. They don't ask what happened. They, you know, are, are you okay? And, and, and just giving him this unconditional love and, you know, we've talked about this before. A lot of these heroes in the Marvel Universe, they're, they're heroes due to loss, you know. And um, so I believe there's such a great strength. They've helped him, uh, you know, all along. And his decision to not tell them who he is and what they did and who they are in his life I don't know that he has the right to make that decision. You know, I understand he's trying to protect them moving forward and he thinks, no, they're happy. They're going to MIT. They don't need me. They don't need this burden. And, you know, so 
is being Spider-Man considered a burden or a privilege? And, you know, they don't have the power, so he's trying to protect them. But then again, doesn't he get strength from that love that they have? I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about the whole, you know? Well, I mean, you can, you can tell in the donut shop that MJ, not that she's starting to remember, but she has these little glimmers yeah. of something more is happening here than just some stranger in the donut shop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think if they go to MIT, I don't know, will he make it, still make it into MIT if no one remembers who he is and where's his grades and how does he get in there? But he could always, you know, hey, I'm Peter Parker. Hi, how are you? And just start the whole thing over, but not tell them that he's Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying he needed to tell them he was Spider-Man, but just, hi, I'm Peter Parker and... You know, this weird thing happened and, and, you know, we have a history and I was supposed to contact you, blah, 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 whatever that conversation is. What do you think, Walker? It's uh, it's really difficult because you can understand his reluctance. I mean, at one point, I think he looks at like she's got a Band-Aid on her head yeah. from the fight. And so, you know, he's thinking about. Am I going to put her in danger again, right? He's already lost his aunt because of who he is as Spider-Man. So it's understandable. But like you said, he he needs their support. They've been there for him through these movies, right? So they've been supporting right. him as, as Spider-Man and helping him get by. And, you know, you're right that they have the right to make that decision. And, and we kind of went through this with... Uh, Toby Maguire and uh, Mary Jane, right? Because he, you know, in the second film, he's like holding up this stuff while Dr. Octopus's lair is falling apart and he's protecting her and his mask comes off or whatever. And later on, he tells her, well, I just, you know, I never wanted you to be in danger. So you understand why we can't be together. And she's like, well, shouldn't that be my decision? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it is, it does go back to like, do you allow people to have their own agency and make their own decisions. I think obviously this is going to be revisited. I don't think they're going to let these characters disappear. Well, you see also like they signed up Tom Holland for three more movies, right? That could not be cheap. Right. And then they would have to pay Zendaya and they'd have to pay, uh, what was the guy who plays Ned? They'd have big paydays coming too. So maybe it's like, well, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep Tom Holland. But uh, we'll get him a new supporting cast. Yeah, it's possible. Because she's it's all... really popular, though. She's a very popular actress. But you're right. How do they afford? Or maybe they can't afford people? both. Maybe they just afford one, and they bring her back, or they bring Ned back, or you know, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's. I mean, this is another thing that got to me watching this is that this movie Disney had the courage. Disney slash Marvel had the courage. Or, or whatever, to put out a movie that is essentially a bit of a downer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sad movie, right? Because, you know, Aunt May dies. Peter essentially cuts all ties and is alone. Um, you know, there's that scene at the, the cemetery, and then, you know, he goes to the donut shop and they don't reckon it. It, it ends, sure, it ends with him jumping around in his Spider-Man suit, which is kind of nice, but it, it is kind of a sad film if mm-hmm. you really think about everything in it. 
Um, so I was a little surprised by that, that there wasn't some sort of, I don't know, turnaround at the end. But I think in a way it's, you know, it's kind of a cool way to end it because here we all are asking questions about well, what's going to happen next. What's how's he going to, you know, get by? Well, I mean, plus it's huge for the people that did not like him having a mentor in Tony Stark mm-hmm. or did not right. like Stark providing all his, uh, yeah. his suits. And even after, after Stark died, happy was providing yep. him with all the Stark tech. So now, and I thought it was a big scene where he's sitting there at the sewing machine, yep. sewing his, <laughs> yeah. his suit. And, and I was one of those people. I didn't <laughs> like the idea because I always liked Spider-Man as like a street level hero. And, and in the comics, you know, he kind of buckled against authority, you know. I mean, I remember his interaction with Iron Man from an old Marvel team-up where he was kind of like giving him crap the whole time through the team-up because he was like, oh, Mr., you know, Mr. Industrialist, Mr. Authority figure. And he would just be in a smart mouth to him the whole time. And it's like, that's kind of what I expect from Spider-Man. He doesn't need like an adult to be his guide through life he's a wisecracking kid you know well it was interesting i read an article there are folks who you know their spider-man is the spider-man from the 60s their spider-man's there's you know from the 70s their their mm-hmm. spider-man is toby mcguire they grew up on toby mcguire wearing the pajamas and and uh, andrew garfield uh, no one liked him, but uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> there are I people. Like I, I I played with you once. There are <laughs> love uh, Andrew Garfield and grew up with that Spider Man and are so dismayed and upset that he never got a third movie. You know, so there's a Spider Man for for everyone, and and in this latest film, you know, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of folks that are upset that. He's no longer part of, of Stark Industries, and he's, you know, got a sewing machine sewn his own suit. And But, you know, there are other folks that are like, yeah, he's he's going back to, you know, fight Craven and, and you know, the Prowler and, and you know, those those villains, you know, as opposed to Thanos. And um, mm-hmm. anyway. And he could, at some point, he could still get his spider buggy. You never know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to if they do that it'll be it'll make jerry conway very happy it, it would have been cool to have seen the spider buggy with thanos's helicopter when loki was uh <laughs> anyway um but yeah, i mean it definitely opens up the future to you know more street level spidey and yeah. person really more personal there. stories well, the the one thing I know we kind of talked about a little bit before the podcast, I think uh, thinking about future stories, since we've already seen Matt Murdock in a Spidey movie, how great it would be to see Spidey and Daredevil team up, and maybe against Kingpin, since now we've seen Kingpin over in Hawkeye, we know he's in the Marvel Universe, so... Yeah. No, I mean, Kingpin started as a Spider-Man villain. Yep. You know, most people think, oh, he's a Daredevil villain, but he started out in Spider-Man. So uh, The Maja. Yeah. They even had him in the old 67 Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> they had an episode or two of the Kingpin. But yeah, I just, it would be cool to bring him in. And then we also have, you know, with the mid-credit sequence, 
you've got a venom blob mm-hmm. sitting uh, in the MCU waiting to mm-hmm. take over somebody. Yep. And I was reading that obviously Ned had the ven the venom symbiote at one point. He was like what Agent Venom, a good guy. And then they were saying that Max Gargan even had, he became Venom for a while. And he's still floating out there somewhere. Groot became Venom for a little bit too. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. They've done so much stuff with Venom. I mean, because, you know, he's a cash cow, just like Deadpool and some of these other characters. Or he was. Uh, You know, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I never enjoyed those Venom movies, uh, you know, um, and that they brought him in and, you know, left a little piece of Venom shit on the table. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a little piece of the symbiote. Symbiote. I don't know. I mean, is, is the bartender going to become Venom? And then, you know, because you, you would assume that it would have to follow the same rules that were established in the Venom film with Tom Hardy. So is Venom going to be this like comedic voice in the back of whomever the host is, I don't know. Well, when Venom loses a little chunk of himself, does his whole personality, is that still in that chunk? Or is you know it what? now just a totally separate entity and you're who right, knows what it'll Bob, do? Because that's how Carnage came into existence was a little piece of Venom. So you're right. It's not going to have Venom's personality. Hmm. It should be its own personality if they follow their own rules that they established in the Sony franchise. So I don't know. I, I'd be much happier with the Craven story. I know they're doing Morbius, the vampire things coming out next month. It, I am still so puzzled by that. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm I like right the character. You. I like the character just fine in the comics, but supporting his own film. I'm just kind of puzzled. I mean, the trailer looks interesting. Uh, And they have Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in that poster in the alleyway. Is is there? Oh, I you know I knew there was a Spider-Man poster in the alley, but I didn't know it was uh, Andrew Garfield's. Yeah. So you know, who knows? Maybe there's another cameo for him. Interesting. Uh, Another another payday for Andrew Garfield. All that goodwill he garnered, garnered in this film, in my book, is going to be shot out the window in that uh, Mobius movie. <laughs> <laughs> he may save that film. You never know. I I should keep an open mind. That's true. You know, one of the, and, and I mean, I don't know Avi Arad well, but I know of his work, and I've seen him at some shows. They gave him this big kudos in the in the credit scene, like, oh, you know, yeah. thank you. Avi, like huge, you know, and I'm like, well, he and Stan, he and Stan Lee were like executive producers for those other five Spider-Man films. Yeah, but I don't know. I just and now it's I, what is Amy Pascal? I think is the uh, the driving force behind Spider-Man these days. Yeah. When I think, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I think it, it remind it reminded me of uh, the Salklands and how they really like threw their names up on that Superman movie and. Just a curmudgeon old man making comments, that's all. <laughs> give them their due. What the heck? Well, give it to Stanley so, and get go. Would we would we rather see a 
Craven film next, or what are you guys? I would love to see a Craven film. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a Craven. Well, I'd love to see Craven in a Spider-Man film. I don't know that Craven would work. Well, yeah, no, well. in Spider-Man. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, as far as the next like, Spider-Man. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I'd be down for that. They're doing all these villains by themselves. I don't know how smart that is. Uh, and they, they did them, well, they did Venom without Spider-Man, and that was really puzzling to me because, you know, a lot of his, his uh, moves and stuff were based on his time with Peter Parker, so I don't know. Yeah, I had the same feeling, like the, the whole story of the symbiote, but it was so it was tied to Secret Wars, so I guess you had to do something different. But yeah, yeah. let me ask you guys this: um, Did you have a problem with this kind of borrowing on into the Spider Verse? That there are oh. multiple universes with different Spider Men, Gwen Spider, and Spider Pig. No, not not really, because like, like the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is going into the multiverse, like head first, full force. So why not? Why wouldn't it affect Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Into the Spider-Verse. I still, I'm, I'm kind of torn whether that's still my favorite Spider-Man movie or this. Um, I, you know, I think they owe a huge debt. I think No Way Home owes a huge debt probably to this and that, you know, the idea had preceded it clearly. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I think, yeah, you know, they've already started talking about multiverse and, you know, I do think it encouraged them though. I think they saw, you know, into the spider verse and people watched it and liked it and they weren't confused about what was going on. Cause I know I've read before, um, with some of these shows and movies, you know, producers are always con- concerned that people are not. Apparently, they think we are too stupid, or the general audience, not comics fans, because we've been reading about multiple universes for Damn decades. right. But they think that the ordinary person can't understand the concept of multiple universes, and clearly they can, so, you know. And, yeah, you know, into the... The one thing I would love to see is a live-action Miles Morales, but I think Tom Holland still seems too young at this point to be, like, a mentor to... A Miles Morales character. Well, I mean, that would probably be. I would say instead of recasting Spider-Man when when uh, Tom Holland is too old, that would be the next logical step. Bring in Miles, yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Or when Tom Holland says, "Yeah, I really don't want to do this anymore," then they do a movie where they transition from Peter Parker to Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I hope it happens soon. I I think that would be a, a great. Uh, story to to tell cinematically. And well, don't write off Tom Holland so soon, though. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, if, you know, if they can come up with a good vehicle and a mechanism to do it, I, I wouldn't say no. Well, with all the stuff they're doing with all the multiverses, you know, maybe they'll find a way to um, just regularly cross, multi- cross universes and maybe they'll have Miles be the Spider-Man in one universe and Peter will be the Spider-Man in another universe. Potentially. They could bring back, you know, bring in Spider-Man 2199 or whatever and <laughs> get a bunch of stuff going. Well, let's see what happens with the next uh, 
season two or whatever with Loki, or if, is that going to carry over into the next Avengers movie, or Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, or Ant-Man, or who knows? Well, Kang is supposed to be going throughout a bunch of the movies. Yeah, so... I so guess we'll see. He may be the uh, next Thanos or whatever. Yeah, he's going to be in what Ant Man and the Wasp. No, what is it? The uh, Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Yeah. yeah, there was some rumor that that's where the Fantastic Four was going to kind of pop in. Woohoo! I so. heard the worst rumor about <clears throat> who was going to play Ben Grimm, aka the Thing. Oh, Rogan? Seth Rogan? Yes, Seth Rogan. Oh, forget it. I would like, I'd give up on the Marvel Universe completely at that point. Jeez. (laughs) Just hit me with a two by four and throw me in a pit. (laughs) Marvel would get no more of my money. (laughs) I mean, Seth Rogan is maybe one or two rungs above like Adam Sandler. Ugh. I heard Adam Sandler is going to be Dr. Doom, so. (laughs) (laughs) Count me out. (laughs) How bad does it have to be that that first Fantastic Four movie looks so good now? (laughs) What? What are you saying? Oh, that Roger Corman, I tell (sighs) you. Well, let let me ask you guys, any, any, Parting thoughts? Any last minute comments on this uh, this gem of, of a movie? It's a good movie. Go see it if you haven't. Yes, kids, yes. put on your du- double mask and go out and, and see the movie. Double mask and uh, plenty of hand sanitizer. You too. know, I, I will say one thing about movie theaters, and I'm always the one. I mean, we develop Bay Area film events to get people back into the movie theaters and out of their homes. But I got to tell you, man, they don't they don't circulate air in those theaters anymore because of the pandemic and the germs, whatever. So you watch a movie and it's like, man, there was like, well, I got we got to the end of Spider-Man. And that's, you know, what, about a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. There was like no air left. The air and all the oxygen had been sucked out of the movie theater. So we should take oxygen tanks is what you're saying, Bob? I don't know. Something. But, yeah, I mean, we maybe when the pandemic's the over, they can start turning on the air conditioning again. But uh, We went to this small theater in San Diego and they had reclining chairs. It was okay. And then um, back here at home, I went with my in-laws and we went to a Century I don't know what they're called now. But anyway, uh, you know, you go in and you reserve your seats. And we went to a matinee showing on a Sunday. And there were probably 20 people in a 200-seat theater. And um, it was spread out. It was, yeah. But I don't know. But they were still sucking all your air. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Walker, any uh, last-minute comments? I'm just really um, pleasantly pleased, pleasantly pleased, pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the film. I know I said beforehand I was concerned, but uh, they really, you know, just like hit all the right 
notes. It was just, you know, exactly what I'd want to see. I And I didn't know what the storyline was going to be, so that was another great right. thing, you know. Right. Um, they just did a really good job. I was really, really excited. And I'm excited to see, like, now, like, we were all talking, like, well, what's going to happen next? You know, what's going to happen to him? And I, I do wonder if he's going to go by the name Ben Riley. Um, but, you know. We'll see. I just I'm I'm all geeked out. Well, like I was saying, there's no there's no Uncle Ben in the MCU, so and you don't he, know he that. would he would have to be May May Riley. I mean, he. <laughs> well, let's not even get into his gender identity, okay? Um, he, I think Uncle Ben died, you know, maybe long before Peter started living with her or something. Right. I don't know. I think she. I think she may have had because he carried a suitcase in Far From Home, and I think it said Ben Parker on it. Yes, it did. Whatever, it was a good movie. It was a good movie, and you know, a lot of times we'll preface with, you know, we were worried before we saw this film because we've been burned so many times with Alien prequels and Predator sequels and. Matrix and Resurrection. We're all, <laughs> we're all excited. Oh, my God. Oh, they got him to come back. Oh, and okay. And you see it, and it's like, wah, wah, wah. So, uh, anyway, um, this was a very fun movie. It was a sad movie. Uh, on, on the Larry Cry scale, this got three cries out of me. Um, lots of good laughs though. Lots of cheering. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. Um, looking forward to reading actually some comments, uh, that our listeners post for us to, uh, to take a look at, you know, and as with all things, the, the podcast is a little bit over an hour. We're not going to be able to cover everything. So if, if you felt we should have covered something and we missed it, throw it up there in the comments and, and, uh, we most certainly will respond so this is the point in the show where we have our sensor sweep and speaking of comments uh we're going to be talking about our youtube uh channel that we have over on youtube uh bob would you like to say a few words about uh listening and watching uh, bob uh, you know obviously works on the the podcast audio but he also puts a lot of work into the video graphics that we uh, have up on our youtube channel bob take it away well i try to make it ni nice and interesting yeah i noticed when when we first started putting the episodes up on youtube because hey it's just another way for you to be able to enjoy them and a lot of people they enjoy their podcasts on youtube so we made this YouTube channel, and uh, basically I had looked at other podcasts that were mainly audio podcasts, and they would do a video version, and all they would do is stick their logo or title over their audio, and that would be their YouTube version. So, yeah, I came up with an open, you know, we still have our classic opening that we have in the audio version. But we have graphics over it, and then I try to put whatever title of the episode up with some graphics in the background. And then, you know, when it gets into the main episode, I usually have a photo from the movie or from whatever we're talking about with some graphics on it. 
And then we get to our sensor sweep and we have a Planet 8 radar that spins. And then, you know, we have the the outro where we added graphics to it. So it's, I try to make it a little more interesting than just slapping a logo on an audio file. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. I know some people have told me they listen to the podcast on Spotify or Apple or whatever, Apple iTunes or whatever, but then they'll go and enjoy it on YouTube as well, which is very cool. And, yeah. you know, we've got, I think Larry said about 47, 48 episodes up on there. Yeah. And, you know, we get some episodes, we'll get, you know, 30, 40 views. Then we'll get something like the the Outer Limits, which has like over 12,000 or 15,000 <laughs> now. So it's like we never know who's how many people are going to watch. I think uh, Alfred Hitchcock has like 2,800 views now. And so some of these have a lot of views and some not so many. But we'd love it if you guys would, you know, give it a chance or hit subscribe. Because once we get up to, was it, 1,000 subscribers, we can do yeah. some live video stuff. And there are video episodes up there of our mugs yapping away. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. We did that special video with Lord Bloodraw on the AIP films. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I thought that was like one of our better episodes, and there is not an audio version of it. That's right. right. We had, um, it was Judas O'Day from um, Night of the Living Dead uh, video. Uh, up there, and and that gave me such street cred with my wife because we watched uh, Night of the Living Dead, and she's like, I, I told her, I said, oh yeah, we we interviewed her, and she said, you did. That? So she pulled up the episode and watched it right after the film. So uh, that's one of the episodes near and dear to my heart. So yeah, that's the, that's one episode where we do have an audio version of it. But yeah. if you want to see Judith answering the questions, yeah, we have the video up there as well. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, we get a lot of comments and uh, a lot of likes. Uh, at last uh, check, we had a little over 300 subscribers. If we get a thousand subscribers, we can we can start doing some live stuff on there. The YouTube link is is basically just YouTube backslash Planet Eight. I think it's Planet Eight podcast actually, but. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, be sure to check it out and uh, comment away. You know, you can always comment on our planet8podcast.com page um, as well. Also, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter. We're all over the place. <laughs> we, we even have a video episode where Larry and I discuss are almost getting fleeced by someone selling a life-size creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. So yes. definitely get in there and check that one out. That was pretty funny. That oh my god! Little scary. Yeah. The the uh, that was that a Facebook uh, seller? Or, it was. Yeah. Oh my god. Very nice guy. I mean, he he emailed us back and he ultimately gave us a refund. Thank God. But uh, <laughs> it's a great episode. <laughs> I should go back and listen to it too. But we'll, we'll show <laughs> you go look at the episode and we show pictures of. What we were expecting, and then what we almost got, <laughs> and we explain the whole story. It's not on the video, I don't think. But I remember talking to Bob, and she's like, "Did you get the email?" I'm like, "Yeah." 
Eli onko onko teillä oi 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 caveat emptor oh my god uh, anyway yeah so but there's some fun stuff over on the YouTube side of Planet Eight so give it a chance and definitely click subscribe to so we get those numbers up and we can do some cool stuff over there yes indeed that would be great. Like, subscribe, share, comment, and um, I guess that's it for our censor sweep. Um, any last comments you guys want to make uh, with regards to Spider-Man? We're good? I like Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. No, and I guess the only other thing to say is, man, Happy New Year, because this is like our New Year's episode, right? This is this is our New Year's episode. Yes, Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, we usually do a year in review, but we really don't want to look back on last year. <laughs> we're, we're tired of looking back on the last few years. Indeed. We'd rather just keep moving on. Yes. Onward to the future. All right, kids. That draws this episode to a close. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Check us out on. YouTube. Peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet eight podcast we want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode we look forward to your input and opinions until next time this is planet eight signing off end transmission by george he's got it it is the end Spider-Man does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen, buddy He's got radioactive blood Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead Hey there There goes the Spider-Man In the chill of night At the scene of a crime Like a streak of light He arrives just in time Spider-Man, Spider-Man Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wealth and fame he's ignored Action is his reward Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Well, fame, he's ignored Action is his reward Look out, here comes the Spider-Man In the chair
of night At the scene of a crime Like a streak of light He arrives just in time Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web And his size catches these Just like flies look out Here comes the Spider-Man Spider-Man, Spider-Man Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wealth and fame He's ignored action Is his reward of the God Here comes the Spider-Man call this guy? Uh, uh, Dr. Octopus. That's crap. Uh, uh, Science Squid? Crap. Dr. Strange. That's pretty good. But it's taken. Wait, wait, I got it. Dr. Octopus. Uh, but uh, I like it. Of course you do. Dr. Octopus. New villain in town. Doc Ock. Genius. What, are you looking for a raise? Get out. <laughs>